Jordan Bohannon is the point guard for the men's basketball team at the University of Iowa. And this has been a big month for him. It's March Madness, college basketball's championship tournament. And Wieskamp brings it up for Iowa, leaves it for Bohannon. Look out from that spot. Oh, man. Jordan's team was a favorite to go deep into the tournament. But earlier this week, the University of Oregon knocked them out. Sorry about your tough loss in the tournament the other day. Yeah, it was a tough ending, but, you know, that's how life goes sometimes. I um, I feel like I have to be honest and disclose it. I am a University of Oregon alumni, so I hope you're still willing to talk to me today. <laughs> oh, no, I don't know if we can do this then. <laughs> <laughs> but even though Jordan is no longer playing, he's still in the spotlight. That's because Jordan is one of the leaders of a campaign that's trying to reform the way the NCAA does business. It's called Not NCAA Property. It is a classic David versus Goliath setup. As March Madness tips off, players staging an online protest using the hashtag Not NCAA Property. The eternal debate over compensation for college athletes is intensifying as collegiate The players are trying to change the rules around whether athletes can make money. And they might get some help from the U.S. Supreme Court. Our colleague Rachel Bachman has been following the story. March 31st, which is just a few days before the Men's Final Four, the Supreme Court will take up a lawsuit against the NCAA and hear arguments on it. And its decision really could determine part of the fate of college athletes' future. So this is a pretty intense moment for the NCAA. This is a very intense moment. In fact, I spoke with NCAA President Mark Emmert, and he said that he thinks that this will be the most pivotal year in the history of college sports. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Friday, March 26th. Coming up on the show, how calls for college athletes to get paid have reached a breaking point. This episode is brought to you by Natrol. Natrol is America's number one drug-free sleep aid brand, helping you fall asleep faster and stay asleep longer. Natrol melatonin gummies are made with clean ingredients, like 99% pure melatonin, to work with your sleep cycle, helping you sleep better, making the next day your best day. Natrol. Sleep tonight. Live tomorrow. Shop now at natrol.com. This product helps with occasional sleeplessness. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent diseases. Jordan Bohannon comes from a big sports family. His dad played football at Iowa, and his older brother played basketball at Wisconsin. And while Jordan is now an outspoken advocate for athlete pay, he didn't always feel that way. I was looking back into my schooling days back in middle school, and I actually wrote a paper about why college athletes shouldn't be paid. It's funny looking now, and it's just a total shift of what I believed in when I was little. And I think that just goes to show what the knowledge I've garnered while going through this process. That learning process started when Jordan signed on to play basketball at the University of Iowa. I remember, you know, the first time they sold my number three jersey at Iowa. And, you know, I thought it was the greatest thing ever. I still think that's so cool that little kids around, you know, the state of Iowa and across the Midwest have worn my Iowa jersey. But one thing he says wasn't so cool is that he didn't get a cut of those jersey sales. 
that was kind of the first time I started questioning the system of how really that doesn't make sense because I've experienced, you know, teammates that are struggling at home with families, you know, trying to make it. And then, you know, situations like that happen where, you know, they're not able to make a couple bucks in the community. And, you know, that was really the first time that I really questioned the overall system. Jordan started to feel like the system wasn't fair to college athletes. The NCAA takes in more than a billion dollars in revenue each year from things like the March Madness tournament. And a lot of coaches are making millions. But NCAA athletes can't make any money off their name, image, or likeness. And it's not just a cut of jersey sales they're missing out on. For example, a star swimmer can't use their big social media following to endorse a product. Or if a tennis player wants to offer private lessons, they can't use their own image or even their own name to advertise. Eventually, in 2019, Jordan decided to speak out about these rules. It all started with a missing rug. That year, Iowa got knocked out of the March Madness tournament in heartbreaking fashion. The team was dejected, but they wanted to do something that a lot of other teams did. Grab a souvenir to remember the experience. You know how NCAA brands everything. They have sponsorships left and right on the locker rooms. And we're like, well, we want something to remember ourselves in. So, you know, everyone just started taking stuff off the wall and, you know, hangers that said NCA. Um, I remember walking out with a huge body armor cooler. And I thought that was the coolest thing ever. Um, but everyone did that. All the teams in the NCAA tournament did that. And, you know, the rug was just another part of, you know, I guess that story of many athletes across the board started to take memorabilia like that. This became such a trend that our colleague Rachel actually wrote a story about it. And when the Wall Street Journal tweeted out the story, Jordan replied. He said, quote, Give us the ability to make money off our own name, and we'll give you your rug back. You have 24 hours, NCAA. It was a smart aleck comment, and I wanted to use it in a joking way, obviously, but also use that joking way in a way to create awareness and promote, you know, the limitations that have occurred on college athletes. You know, the funny thing is I got all the blame for it because I posted on Twitter, but my best friend and teammate, Nicholas Bear, was actually the one that stole it. So <laughs> so w- would you actually have given the rug back if they had given you the ability to profit off of your name and likeness? Hey, that would have been quite the trade-off. And I think for <laughs> sure <laughs> I would have been down for that if, if that was the trade they wanted to deal with. And then less than a day later, Jordan tweeted an apology. It read, after much deliberation, the NCAA has agreed with the University of Iowa that the rug can stay in Iowa City as long as I issue a mea culpa. The tweet continues, With that, I am sorry for my actions. No one is denying the incredible opportunities the NCAA provides for athletes like myself. I am forever grateful. It was pretty clear that the powers that be were not happy with this public protest, even if it was somewhat in jest and really forced him to, to dial things back. Rachel says Jordan's experience isn't unique. Some other college athletes have met resistance when they spoke out, which made others less likely to come forward. And partly that's because their rights are limited. For instance, until recently, even scholarships were only awarded on a one-year renewable basis. So if an athlete spoke out in a way that a coach didn't like, that athlete effectively could be cut and lose his scholarship. So there was a real risk to players speaking out. But this year, student-athletes seem to be more comfortable taking a risk. 
In the lead-up to the March Madness tournament, Jordan teamed up with two other athletes to start a campaign called Not NCAA Property. They got some other athletes on board and launched the hashtag this month to make their case that they should be allowed to make money. You know, what better opportunity to do it than the biggest tournament of it all where almost all of the revenue that the NCAA makes is from this tournament. And why did you decide on that particular hashtag, not NCAA property? It kind of just summarizes what athletes are. The NCAA owns our name, image, and likeness. And not having that just shows how NCAA has just owned a lot of these athletes. The majority of them are African-American. And this is 100% a civil rights issue. People are being denied basic human rights. And we believe that that's the case here. And there's no reason why that should happen. How has the University of Iowa administration been responding this time around to your Twitter activity? I would definitely say it's a little different. There's no mea culpas this time that you're having to issue? <laughs> not not so far. Uh, wouldn't be surprised how outspoken I am. I might have to issue a couple more for something, but no, it, it's it's been pretty smooth sailing since. Rachel says the fact that Jordan hasn't had to apologize this time could be due in part to the shifting public opinion on the issue. College athletes really have the wind at their backs. So it was probably only about five years ago that, you know, a slight majority of the public thought college athletes, they get full scholarships. That's very valuable. That's enough. You know, they shouldn't be entitled to any more. They should be happy to be in college. And um, that really has changed. You know, in the moment we're in now, a majority of the public thinks that athletes should be able to profit more than just from a scholarship in their college careers. One reason public opinion has changed might be because of how much more money has been pouring into college sports in recent years. With more people cutting the cord, cable companies have been willing to pay a lot more money for live sports. And none of it has been going to the athletes. You know, the money in college sports has gotten so big that I think the public sees the contrast between how much coaches and administrators are making, in some cases, millions of dollars a year, and you know, this this flat line that athletes are allowed to make, which is essentially tuition, room, and board. And they're saying, hey, this this really doesn't seem fair. It's almost like the the gap between CEO and worker pay. As that gap has widened, you hear more people raising concerns about it. Among those raising concerns about the pay gap are politicians. In 2019, California lawmakers proposed and later passed a bill that would liberalize financial compensation rules for college athletes. California's bill will make it possible for college athletes in that state to profit off their name, image, and likeness. It goes into effect in 2023. And that really was a tipping point. A bunch of other states proposed laws. Some have been passed and enacted. And this is a bipartisan issue. So Republicans and Democrats have seen the way the public winds have shifted. And, you know, in some cases, lawmakers are saying, hey, we don't have a choice in this. If we don't do this, the athletes in our state are going to lose out to athletes in states like California who will be able to profit from their name, image, and likeness. We don't want to fall behind. We don't want Alabama or Mississippi to have a disadvantage in recruiting against UCLA. So if these state laws would go into effect regardless of the NCAA's rules, how has the NCAA responded? Well, initially it fought them. (laughs) 
it actually suggested to California that, you know, hey, if you really go forward with this law, maybe we just can't hold championships in California. But soon the dam had burst and so many other states were proposing laws that the NCAA, I think, realized the tide had turned. How this pressure on the NCAA in an upcoming Supreme Court case could get college athletes paid? That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. This episode is brought to you by Mercury. There's an art to making the complex feel simple. Everything should be in sync so that even the smallest part serves a bigger purpose. Simplicity can transform your business operations. That's why Mercury powers your financial workflows from the bank account, giving ambitious companies like yours the precision, control, and focus they need to perform at their best. Apply in minutes at mercury.com. Even as public opinion has shifted in favor of the athletes, for many years, the NCAA maintained that letting athletes get paid would be a huge problem for college sports. Why has the NCAA been resistant to letting players profit in this way? Well, partly it's, I think, tradition. It's kind of a sentimental notion that college sports are supposed to be for fun. They started as an enriching activity, something for students to do in their free time. The NCAA has also argued that letting athletes get paid could put unfair pressure on them as they make their college decisions. For instance, it could encourage people to bribe athletes to attend certain schools. And so some people are saying that loosening these rules could just further divide the rich and the poor schools in college athletics. Or it could also just encourage athletes to go wherever they can make the most money and not to the school that might be the best for them for other reasons. And the NCAA has been fighting hard to keep the system the way it is. In 2018 alone, it spent $56 million fighting legal battles. In the past decade and a half or so, there have been a number of antitrust lawsuits against the NCAA brought by athletes. And Some of these have succeeded, either enforcing a settlement from the NCAA or forcing some small kind of concessions. So the tide has really been flowing in the direction of the athletes for quite a while. But the courts have been sort of going back and forth in what the NCAA's ultimate authority is in terms of making the rules. But now the Supreme Court might have the final say on the matter. A couple years ago, several lawsuits against the NCAA were combined into a single class action, an antitrust case that cut at the core of the NCAA's power, its ability to make rules. The case argued that the NCAA is a monopoly and has been unfairly setting rules that limit the kinds of things athletic scholarships can cover. For instance, scholarships aren't allowed to fund things like laptops or science equipment. 
A judge ruled in favor of the athletes. Then the NCAA appealed. Now it's going to the Supreme Court. So this case won't decide how or whether college athletes could receive the benefits from the sale of their name, image, or likeness, for instance, but it could determine how far the NCAA can go in making its rules without breaking the law or without infringing on athletes' rights. So the lawsuit is essentially about whether or not the NCAA can set rules, and if so, how far they can go in setting those rules. That's right. The case could have major implications for how much the NCAA can do to fight back against those state laws. And it depends on the decision. You know, this could go anywhere from broadly reinforcing the authority of the NCAA, which could give the association greater leverage as it negotiates with state and federal lawmakers about these bills. Or if the plaintiffs win or gain some favorable ruling from the Supreme Court, it would force the NCAA to alter its rules to loosen the restrictions on how much college athletes can earn. For Jordan, a ruling in favor of the athletes could be huge. For us college athletes, if we're able to get a favorable ruling in the Supreme Court, it would provide us another you know, stepping stone to get to the position we want. You know, I'm cautiously optimistic, and I, I'm hoping that you know, what we've been doing will create more awareness. And even if the NCAA wins the case and reasserts its authority, Jordan's dream of compensation for college athletes could still come true. While all these legal battles have been playing out and states have been passing laws, the NCAA has started making plans to change their rules and allow players to make money off name, image, and likeness. The NCAA is no longer resisting the potential change to this name, image, and likeness rule. But the devil will be in the details. The NCAA wants a somewhat restrictive rule about what athletes can do. It's almost inevitable that there's going to be some change because you see the NCAA pushing for it. You see lawmakers pushing for it. So I think what this says is there's growing recognition that college sports really have moved into a quasi-professional enterprise and that it really doesn't seem fair to let everybody profit from that enterprise except the athletes. That's all for today, Friday, March 26th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Your hosts are Kate Leinbaugh and me, Ryan Knudsen. The show's produced by Catherine Brewer, Gerard Cole, Pia Gadkari, Martin Kessler, Annie Minoff, Laura Morris, Afif Nasuli, Ricky Nevetsky, Enrique Perez, Sarah Platt, Willa Rubin, Annie Rostrasser, and Rob Zipko. Our engineers are Griffin Tanner and Nathan Singapok. Our theme music is by So Wiley. Additional music this week from Marcus Bagala, Bobby Lord, Peter Leonard, Nathan Singapok, and Blue Dot Sessions. Fact-checking by Nicole Pasolka. Additional reporting in this episode by Lane Higgins. Thanks for listening. See you Monday.